Hi, and welcome to the iPhone Life podcast. I'm Donna Schill, Editor-in-Chief at iPhone Life. And I'm David Auerbach, CEO and publisher. Today, we have a special episode just following Apple's event, unveiling the iPhone 14. So we're going to recap everything Apple announced and let you know what we think of it and what we think you should think of it. So stay <laughs> tuned. Uh, first, David has a sponsor to tell us about. I do. Today's sponsor is Paperlike. And Paperlike has this really interesting product. It's an iPad screen protector for creators and doers. And what's unique about it is it's not just a screen protector, but it lets you draw and write like on paper. So it has a special texture that, make, that mimics paper. So when you're drawing or if you're doing handwriting, it feels like paper. It even sounds like paper. So, so you don't get that slippery glass it, feeling like you usually do with the exactly. stylus. Exactly. So it feels and sounds natural, like writing on paper. And it uh, also mimics sound, like I said. You can also, with that, you get more control if you're using the Apple Pencil when you're writing, sketching, or drawing. It improves your handwriting. <laughs> I need that. Yeah, I know. I need that, actually. Could <laughs> I just so do, do it not with my iPad? I just, I just need it in life. Uh, also, though, it has... Features not only protects your screen, but it reduces glare and fingerprints. It, and they are offering 100% satisfaction guarantee or money back within the first 100 days. And they have over 5,000 five-star reviews. And we in-house love it. These, they're one of our sponsors that we really went out of our way to get to advertise for you all so we could tell you more about it because it's a really unique product that we've all used. So, For this episode... I also want to just take a minute to tell you about our most popular class of the year. Uh, we're skipping over telling you about giving a tip of the day because we want to just get straight to the event. But I did want to make sure that you know about our iOS 16 course. Today was the Apple event. As you, many of you know, um, they Apple announced that iOS 16 is going to officially roll out September 12th. So you're going to be getting all these new features for your iPhone and there's a learning curve to make sure that you're mastering all the new features and making the most, getting the most out of them. So we have the course for you. We'll not only teach you how to install iOS 16 so that you can avoid storage issues, iCloud backup issues, but then we'll launch right into all of the most exciting features with live sessions and um, also video replays. We also have a really comprehensive downloadable PDF that you can keep as a resource along with the course so that if you forget features down the road, you can always turn back to it and see. So our iOS 16 course is something that you get when you become a subscriber to iPhone Life Insider. That's our premium subscription that helps you master all of your Apple devices. And we're offering 30% off your subscription if you go to iphonelife.com slash podcast discount. So you get a great discount just for being a podcast listener. You also get an extra 10% off if you're a senior service personnel veteran or teacher. So go to iphonelife.com slash podcast and make sure to join our iOS 16 course. We're having our first session that preparing for iOS 16 class that starts tomorrow at 4.30 p.m. Eastern time. Tomorrow meaning September 9th, uh, 8th. September 8th. September 8th. <clears throat> so we want to make sure that you're there. And then we'll start in with going over all the lock screen upgrades and all the other cool stuff next Wednesday. So make sure, you know, we have like a whole month of classes planned out. You can watch the video replays, but you want to get in soon so that you make you can come to as many live sessions as possible. And one of my favorite parts about Insider is we help you learn however you want to learn. So if you're somebody who enjoys attending live classes, likes the question and answer, interaction 
with uh, the instructors. Live classes are great for you. If you just want all the information right away in an easy to digest way, we also have a comprehensive guide. It's our iOS 16 guide. It will come out the day iOS 16 comes out. It has video tutorials, downloadable PDF, written instructions, everything you need to know if you just want to dive headfirst in on the day it comes out. So all of that is included with your subscription for Insider. And again, the link is what? iphonelife.com slash podcast discount. All right. So check it out. Check it out. Um, it's also really fun. Just we're going to be moving <laughs> on quickly, but I was going to say we have over 13,000 Insider members and they're all tech enthusiasts. Everyone is as excited as you are about the Apple event, all the new stuff that came out and in the chat in these classes, you get to interact with all yeah. of them. And so it's a really great way to learn from each other. And then also from us, um, you know, and we're a small independent publisher. If you like what we're doing in general, it's a great way to also support our work. And it's going to be Donna and I, by the way. Yes. So we will be the ones uh, teaching the class as well as senior instructor Colin Thomas, who most of y'all know as well, because he was on the podcast last week. Yes. Filling in for me. Um, okay, so let's get into it. Yes. Uh, we decided to start with probably the the uh, product that you're the most excited about, the iPhone 14 line. Yeah. Before <laughs> we dive into the products, should we just give a brief, like, big picture yes. uh, takeaways from the event? Good call. Um, there was a lot of people falling down and crashing in this event. <laughs> There's a bit of a survival theme yeah, of today's event. Yeah, it's true. Um, between, we got the new iPhones. We got... Um, Apple watches and AirPods pro. And there was a lot of themes of like rugged safety features. Yeah. And so, um, it was, yeah, I thought they, they made like falling down seem very glamorous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's interesting. A lot of focus on safety and yeah, on survival doors, activities, survival. I think the other thing for me, and this has obviously been a takeaway for a little while, but, um, <clears throat> it largely felt incremental. It there, did. Like, yeah. I'm excited to tell you guys about this. There's a lot of exciting new products. There was no equivalent of Apple introduces the iPad moment, right? Like, no. Apple hasn't introduced a major new product in a while. And the ones they are, like the Apple Watch, are great. I love my Apple Watch. But they're not revolutionary in the same way the iPad and the iPhone are. Like, we did not get the AR glasses, which, yeah. you know, if you did tune into last week's episode, Cullen talked a lot about that and was so excited because... Apple's been hyping for years now, like AR being the future and hinting that they might have like a t totally new product category for us. And we just haven't seen that in so long. I do think that's coming soon for the yeah, record. They even I, teased it at the end of the event. Yeah. I'd be surprised if it didn't come this year. The other thing in this sort of goes hands in hand in hand for me as somebody who's been a long time Apple follower, um, some might say fanboy, uh, <laughs> is that the new style. <laughs> Fine. Guilty. Uh, the new style since the COVID era of the like pre-made videos, this time in particular, just felt a little out of touch or something. You weren't into the pre-mades? I don't hate it, but I found myself feeling nostalgia for the era of Steve Jobs. I hate yeah. it. I hate continually coming back to that, but not just in the revolutionary products, but in the way that he interacted with the audience in these announcements, the way that he humanized the products. And it feels like there's a correlation there. It's like, it just felt so, everything was like these like crazy zooms and background effects. And it was kind of distracting from the fact that they weren't announcing that much. Crazy and, zooms and then simultaneously stiff. Yeah. Like all the presenters. And it, you're right. It is, uh, 
there's none of that magic. And, and that a, a little bit had. less of like a connection to the Apple enthusiast base. Yeah. So I'm sorry to start out with a bummer because there is a lot of exciting stuff, but it did feel like, I don't know. And for some reason this time around, I felt a little bit more nostalgic for the old days of Steve Jobs. <laughs> That's interesting. That didn't like hit me hard today specifically because I actually, uh, you know, we're going to get to this at the end of the episode, but be like, so what are you actually going to yeah. buy? Like there's a lot today that actually I'm planning on getting and that will have practical applications to my life. But yeah. I also simultaneously agree that it was none of them felt like that kind of magic and like groundbreaking. It's all great product, great upgrades. They're all practical. We'll be helpful yeah. with our lives. So with, with that note, let's dive into it. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to start with the base model of the iPhone. We got the iPhone 14 and 14 plus. Those are like the, just I, the base level iPhones. And then we have the iPhone phone 14 pro and pro max Yes. Um, as our premium models. And so what was interesting about this is while there weren't a lot of new features in the base level iPhone, they did discontinue the mini like mm -hmm. has been rumored and instead have a 6.7 inch max display, which is the largest base level iPad iPhone ever. Yes. The 10R was 6.1 inches and they haven't continued on that with that. Um, so for some people that might be exciting. I, I'm not planning See, on getting for, that one specifically, but I, I was, is nice. we'll get into the pro line because there's a lot of features about the pro that I liked, but last year I got the 13 pro max. So I have the 6.7 inch screen and I know it's divisive, yeah. but I don't think I'm going back. So with that in mind, this meant that I could get the non-pro line. I think there's a lot of people who really like the big screen, myself included. And so I thought that was a really nice addition. Hmm. Um, and also... You they, really, you do like the bigger screen? I love it. And it's I not a pain it. to carry around? No, it's totally a pain to carry around. It's totally <laughs> a pain it. to type. It's just worth it for me. Okay. Um, the main thing that's worth it for me is the battery life. It's that I don't have, I'm like never worrying about battery life anymore. Like, that's huge i if i'm like because i was just traveling and sometimes i wouldn't have access to a charger or whatever and i just you don't have to worry about always making sure you charge it overnight especially with rapid charging you can just find half an hour during the day to rapid charge it your final day and that's made a huge difference for me to not always worry about my phone dying i also have found that in recent years i've done a little bit of light work on my iphone not big things but just like checking on in on an email blast or google analytics or you know just kind of dorky publisher things but like the bigger screen allows me to do light work in a way that i can't do it on my smaller screen i hear that and i, I mean my iphone 13 which is what i have right now mm -hmm. like it definitely lasts through the day with battery uh but i do think that i like i wouldn't want to watch much media on it yeah and i and it's, there's something so luxurious about getting like a day and a half charge out of one charge. Yeah, like it day. is nice. I don't watch movies really, but I do still consume media, like whether it's TikTok or Instagram, you know. Yeah, yeah. It, there's a lot of media that I consume that the larger display is nice for. Uh, the other thing, in addition to a larger display, this was the first time that Apple brought an OLED display. This, I think, is like the coolest This thing. is the biggest deal because up until now, if you wanted the OLED display, and Don and I are obsessed with OLED display, yeah. you had to get the Pro, whereas now you can get it on the, on the base models. So they did an interesting thing because usually the base models, they've included the newest processor in, but they've given the like the less premium display and this year they did a switcheroo on us <laughs> where you get the oled display which is amazing and is like 
just known to be expensive to produce. Yeah. So it's like something, you know, you usually have to like pay more for it, and they didn't raise the price on the base levels, but you don't get the new processor. So I don't know how to feel about that. Cause I feel like having your phone work really fast and the display be amazing, like together is great. And is like sometimes underrated people are looking for flashy new features, but that alone makes like having a new phone so nice. Yeah. Uh, but this time, like you only get one and it's not the one you usually get. They, they're they still making you choose because yeah. they're, they're banking on people like Donna and I being like, I can't, I, I need them both. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I do wonder though, See, I have mixed feelings too, because on one hand, I'm always, every time this year, I get on my little pedestal and I say, uh, I, I say that people don't care enough about processors and the processor is the most exciting thing, even though we're not talking about it. Yeah. So the pro everything is driven by your phone's processor and a faster phone is just better. Your phone can do more things. It's just so nice to have. That being said, I do wonder if we're reaching a point of diminishing returns where mm. is the 15 the a15 bionic or whatever it's called is it enough like we're not maybe it's good enough. editing complex like videos on our phone we're not doing things that require the type of power that computers need maybe it's enough i don't know i'm still gonna be well the spoilers i'm still gonna be in the camp that i want it both in one pro so i'm I'll, I'll i know that's our last question but well some of it is like keeping up with the new operating systems though too like i think yeah. that while a lot of times the operating systems in recent years have tried to make them perform better on more devices, generally speaking, I do think that like if you have an older phone running the newer software, it's going to be like slower. It's and a really good point. So in that way, I like upgrading. And also I have an iPad now that's like two or three years old and I can hardly use it. Like it's so slow yeah. that it's like hard. For, I like can have hardly bear it and at the time i don't think i really even thought of it as being that slow and to so your, it's like it's what you get spoiled and to your point of is operating, what i'm trying to say yes i i 100 <laughs> agree and to your point on operating systems it'll it, it's a good point too for future proofing the device like yeah these are really expensive phones what does next year look like and how much better will the pro phones be able to support ios 17 than the non-pro phones because that processor is everything like, yeah, I would have a hard time wanting to spend all this money, $800 or more on a new phone and then have it already be like a year old processor. Yeah, you're sort of. Yeah, I, I think you're right. So yeah. but it's hard because so just to give my little speech on OLED, what it is so that we all can get that out of the way. This <laughs> might be the last time I have to do it because now people don't the have to decide. OLED yeah, let's get this annual OLED talk <laughs> out of the way. So here's how LED displays work. They have a backlighting and then they have pixels in front of it and the pixel displays red, green, blue. And so what happens is when you have an image that's displaying on your phone, your computer tells each pixel which color to display and then the backlight shines through so, it, so that it illuminates it. The problem with that is that if you have an area of your screen that's supposed to be black, you still get the light shining through and so it's more like a, a dark gray. You can't have a true black on an LED display because you have a backlighting. OLED is individually illuminated pixels. So you don't have this backlight. Each pixel is either on or off. And what that means is you can have a true black. And not only is that nice because you can have like a nicer <laughs> color of black, it also just means you can have a much wider color profile, sharper contrast, much more colors. So it ends up being a really nice... Uh, it ends up making a bigger difference than you'd think in terms of display quality. And also when we're talking about black, almost all the text you're going to be reading is going to be black. And so because of that, 
it, it means like when you're reading an email or whatever, it's a much crisper display. It looks a lot closer to e-ink or true ink than it does an LED, than an LED display does. And then the final benefit of it that is a really big deal is that it saves a lot of battery power because you do not, if you have a black screen, these pixels don't have to illuminate. Um, they're just straight up off. And so I think it was some crazy stat. It was like 70% better battery power or something. Is that correct? Oh. I remember Colin loves to quote this. Okay, let's pull this up. I do not know. If okay. it was, we, don't, if it was we don't have to have the exact number. We okay. can just all know that it's a better battery power. And they, you, know, you can see this too because uh, for the iPhone 14 Plus, the bigger one, the line here is our longest battery life ever. And so part of how they've been able to do that is by adding an OLED display. Okay. okay, cool. Yeah, I feel like explaining it as inky is like the right word for yeah. it. Like the first time I got an OLED display, it just felt one, like there's something that feels um, kind of like flatter about the display in a good way. And then mm -hmm. also like inky. And it's just, it's just so much more pleasing to look at. It's so much than the other displays. Um, so yeah, the display, that's a really selling point, I would say for the base level um, iPhones. So besides that, there was not like a whole lot really that was special for the iPhone 14. Um, there is this feature emergency SOS yeah. satellite that we want to talk about. And that applies to all of the new iPhones and it's really cool. Yes. Um, and then there's also video stabilization. It's called action mode in the camera app that you can use to, you know, you can be like on a run, taking a photo, uh, taking a video. And instead of like shaking all around, it acts sort of like as a gimbal so you don't need a gimbal and it will like stabilize your shot and the demos they gave it looked amazing similar to cinematic mode which came out a few years ago but um, <laughs> david and i were making the point both of those features are great if you're shooting a lot of videos but like even for like casual use i don't do, do it that much i'm not also doing like a lot of um yeah. really hardcore active things and which like a lot of the features also in this announcement i feel like we're geared towards sort of like hardcore outdoorsy people or you know so it was like if hitting some certain demographics while running a marathon <laughs> yeah like it's like i think it'll be really exciting for certain demographics but it was like less across the board crowd pleasers you know yeah i agree um i think it was a cool addition i feel like i will likely use it a few times a year but it's not an everyday feature for me i've Similar not used cinematic. cinematic mode a single time have you, you know i have some <laughs> of it is weirdly just remembering to use it because yeah. it's nice but not necessary but like I've started using it more. Like for example, it was my stepson's birthday, and I was recording people singing his birthday, to happy birthday to him. And I'm like, oh yeah, cinematic mode, and I switched to it. Well, and like our for our iOS 16 guide, our video manager shot her intro with cinematic mode, and it was really amazing. Oh, like cool. it, I like assumed she shot it on the DSLR, like the rest of the guide. Yeah. But she was saying no, she didn't. And you know, we have guides that will teach you how to use cinematic mode from our more like photography oriented people on the team. Yeah. Um, so I do, I'm try not trying to knock it. It but. is cool, but it's not a feature you're going to use every day, nor yeah. is it like essential to your life. It did have some camera improvements that are more like for everyday use, like the aperture is faster. So that's going to help, like help you if you're taking action shots to freeze in the moment and also better low light capture. I liked the better low light. Cause right now I've found night mode. It's not perfect and it takes a long time yeah. to capture a photo because it's like exposing for a while. Totally. So any improvements we can get there are much appreciated. But yeah, the emergency SOS, I'm curious to see what you thought about that. And I if you want to explain it to people. Again, it's something that like I hope to never use. Yeah. But I thought it was really cool. 
It's a good peace of mind feature. Yeah. So basically how it works is it, instead of using cell phone towers to communicate as an emergent in an emergency situation, it allows you to use satellite. Uh, and the reason why that's valuable is, of course, cellular towers are not everywhere, but satellite is. So if you are someplace rural, such as like on a hike in the middle of the desert or something, and you have an accident happen, if you don't have a cell phone tower near you, you're just out of luck. But the idea with this feature is you can still use it for an emergency to communicate where you are and that you have an emergency. And it's pretty, I mean, the way they talked about it was that this was years in the making. It was pretty advanced technology, and I believe them. This is a pretty difficult thing to do. Um, and so uh, th that's the basic idea, is that in an emergency, you do not have cell phone, cellular service. You can use this feature, and you can communicate that there's an emergency. Also, the thing that I thought was cool that they didn't talk about too much was that if you you can still use find my so like let's say somebody is hiking in a rural part of the wood like in a rural on a on a area with no cell phone service like my dad at red rock park in yeah Vegas. you use that <laughs> your dad got lost right yeah there's a um really cool area outside vegas called red rock canyon or red rock park or something like that and he just went off on his own which i feel like is a hiking no-no uh, and got lost with no service oh and just God. was like walking along some random road, like into the evening. He went oh in the morning and finally got like picked up and taken back. But like situations like that do come up for people. Like even if you're not an extreme outdoorsy person, you're just a tourist or you're out on a hike. Yeah. Something happens. You take a wrong turn. We've all seen like these horrible survival movies. You know, yeah. that's happened to you. So if you had, you know, if you don't have a buddy, which is the ideal or you do get lost with a buddy, if you shared your location with someone that way. And they can find you. It adds a lot of peace of mind. Yeah. I think it's a, a really nice addition. Again, I hope to never use it. So it's like, I don't know that I would buy an iPhone for this feature. Yeah, but me neither. Presumably all iPhones moving forward will have it. And I like that that is a feature they've added. The one thing that I thought was kind of annoying was that they, you get two years free for this. Yeah. So they snuck that in there. You're like, oh. So they're going to eventually charge for this service, which is again, like a life-saving service. Yeah. Um, they didn't even say right. it didn't quite sit right with me. They didn't quite say how much they charge and how it would work. But that that irked me a little. But again, yeah. a, a great addition. All of their safety features are great additions, in my opinion. So uh, they did have uh, like they talked about some of the back end for that, which did sound like they had to put a lot into like creating these like relay centers. Yeah. Where they're having like staffed places where people uh like how did that work it was like if your satellite message wouldn't if you couldn't get enough a strong enough signal to get to an emergency sos service like these relay centers would receive it and then send it for you yeah it sounds um, like because satellite is harder to communicate large amounts of data with that you can't necessarily just have a phone call the way you normally would yeah so you can send a message that says help you yeah, that has some basic information and then they will contact 911 for you and like serve as a relay so uh, that makes sense as a paid service down the road as well because it's like clearly they have to like staff these centers and it's a complex thing and by the way i think um something that we as an oversight sometimes is we always like talk to our audience like everyone's in the u.s and not everyone oh, is it's rolling call. out in the u.s and canada thank you and it's for two years free in both of those places but um you know we'll we'll keep you abreast of how, how that expands hopefully yes. it will so that was pretty much it for the iPhone 14 and 14 Max. Should we, um, while we're on the safety features, should we talk about crash detection, which is across the board? 
Yeah, that one didn't they announce that with the Apple Watch? Like it's part also. Yeah, it's part of both. It's part of both. Yeah, we should talk about that for okay. sure. And it's free. And it's free <laughs> if yes. you get the new phone. And it's it's relatively self-explanatory. So there's not yeah. a whole lot to say other than similar with the Apple Watch. They have fall detection. If you fall, it the, your phone, your AI on your Apple Watch senses the crash and says, "Hey, we think you've fallen. Do you need help?" And either if you can push the button says yes i need help no i don't but if you've fallen and let's say hit your head and can't push the button it'll call 911 automatically for you so they've done the same thing for car accidents if you get in a car accident and i i don't know if it, it seemed like it would work on bikes too no it looks like just car crash so for car crashes they've spent a lot of time analyzing car crashes and what sorts of impact a phone would have in a car crash and in those scenarios, it'll behave the same way where it'll automatically call 911 for you if you cannot and relay your location. So that just seems like, I mean, there's not a lot to analyze there. It's like, great. I'm glad to have that. <laughs> yeah. Was, someone on the team was like, but if you're unconscious, how do, because like it showed the message being like, would you like to call? Yeah. But there's a countdown timer. So if you were really in bad shape, it'll just call it for you. Yes. Uh, but yeah, got into some, uh, Apple had some challenges and how to sort of like navigate these potentially morbid <laughs> scenes being like in a car crash like woohoo calling apple yeah and they did in like <laughs> a calling... humorous light way which was a choice yeah which was the choice the other I, thing before we move on that i am seeing here that i thought was a good addition to the 14 was an improved front-facing camera yes that's true um, they had um it was auto-focusing auto for the first which time. i was like i didn't even know that wasn't there i know i had the same reaction i was like you mean to tell me my phone has not been focusing <laughs> but i think that so much of our life is now like front-facing cameras either like taking yeah. selfies by yourself with friends like so many times that's the camera we use and they put so so much attention to the back cameras it was nice to see the front-facing camera get a little extra love the auto-focusing and better low light were both features they added that i thought were just great yeah um agreed one last thing about crash detection too too is that they had it with the apple watch we'll get into this more but like also for things like falling off your bike yeah and stuff like that and i think like again for these adventure outdoorsy type people which some, sometimes i can be <laughs> that's actually a really great safety feature totally so yeah is. i have fallen off my bike so yes <laughs> Okay, so moving on to the iPhone 14 Pro and Pro Max. So they get everything we just talked about, including the crash detection and the video stabilization with action mode. Plus, there's a few key features that I think are really awesome. Mm -hmm. um, I hate the name, but I love the feature called <laughs> Dynamic Island. Uh. We've been hearing so many rumors. We've talked to you about them, about Apple either removing the notch from the top of the iPhone altogether so that you could get like the full edge-to-edge -edge display or having what they were calling like punch hole uh, cuts or something, yeah. I don't remember, something um, that where you would just have the front facing camera and sensor dots there. But then the most recent rumors I was reading before the announcement were like, but two dots is going to look really awkward. So they might just have a smaller notch. But anyway, they did a workaround called, uh, that's like a software workaround called Dynamic, uh, Dynamic Island. Island instead of the notch where it's like a little black um, oblong shape at the top of your display and it covers up where there are like still the two, uh, the camera and the sensor, but it doesn't have, there is no notch. And so this is used to like any time you're controlling your phone, triggering an action, you get like the information in that little dynamic Island. Yeah. 
And so you can be using another app while things are going in the dynamic island. So it's like kind of doesn't take over your display when you don't want it to. As of right now, most of those things are kind of show up as a top bar on your phone. Like if somebody calls you, you get that top bar. And so they're using the notch to as a like a software solution for having things display in that area. So it feels like the notch is less obtrusive. I think is that a good way of explaining it? Yeah, the notch is definitely less obtrusive. And it's like usually you're seeing a lot of the stuff usually pops up at the bottom of your display. That's what we're used oh, to. Oh, you're right. And instead, now it's like up there. So it's still stuff you would see. Like you're seeing controls for like your music is like yeah. in the dynamic island. Yeah. And it well, usually wouldn't I'm be there. I'm thinking like a phone call or a text message that I, pop That up. is the top. Yeah, you're but right. But they sort of condensed all of that into this area. And they did it in a way that felt very functional. Like, yeah. it, despite, that's why I think I'm rolling my hands at the name is it's actually not at all a gimmicky feature. It seems like a really functional software and hardware solution that only Apple could do, which is how they build it. Uh, but then they call it Dynamic Island, which to me just sounds so much like a reality TV show. It sounds exactly like a reality <laughs> TV show. But yeah, it was one of those weird ones where like in a way when you describe it, it sounds like kind of an awkward way to try to cover up a uh, design flaw. Yeah. But it actually was cool. And as soon as you saw it, you're like, well, I want that one. Yeah. That does that. Exactly. So I agree. <laughs> that was the feature I was the most excited about. Yeah. Besides that, though, we get a bigger battery, mm -hmm. which is awesome. And we did get the always on display, which David has been hating on. Um, I You're think I, would, I was hating you on, hated it on it too. Yeah, but I, I had, I was more like, but let's wait and see. It actually might be one of those things we actually end up liking. Um, you know, here is the one defense. So I guess let me say why I don't like it, and then I'll say my defense of it. Okay. I think I and also like, say what it is. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I mean, I think the name is pretty self-explanatory. It's the display is always on. That's the name <laughs> always on display. They use a special technology that I think the ref it refreshes once per second, as opposed to normally like. 30 times per second or whatever your normal phone refresh rate is, maybe 120. Uh, and so it, it allows you to have your phone screen, your display screen on without using battery or without using very much battery. So that's the idea. They originally launched it with the Apple Watch. With the Apple Watch, I love it because I look at my watch and I don't want to wait for like my watch to register that I turn my wrist and to turn yeah. on and then just be a black box most of the time. So I really like with my Apple Watch, I found... There were a lot of times when I'd look down at my watch, but it would be at an angle where I could like it wouldn't register that I wanted to see it and I couldn't see the time. So that I love for my Apple Watch with my phone. I don't know if you all can see Donna's phone right now if you're watching it, but it's face down. Yeah. I always, always keep my phone face down because I just don't want to be disturbed. Yeah. Uh, and of Me course. Too. And it saves battery. Yeah. And it saves battery. And of course, I can still do that. So that's fine. But it, my point is just that behavior indicates that I actually don't, it's not like I'm trying to look at my phone all the time and I'm unable to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which is the, the Apple Watch is different. And the Apple Watch also, just visually, it felt more important to have it look like a clock to yes, some degree. Yes. Like with your, wa with your phone, it's not the same. I don't need my lock screen up all the time yeah. and to have, be able to glance down and see my lock screen. And I don't want other people looking at my lock screen. Yeah, it's different you know? than your Apple Watch in that way, too. So that one, it does feel a little weird. What I will say is like getting to glance at the time. And then also now that you can add widgets to your lock that's screen. That's what I was getting ready to say. And live activities, which has not launched yet, which is an iOS 16 feature that's been promised, but we haven't seen yet. That gives you things like will tell you in real time, like how close your Uber is or how close your food delivery is. That would be nice to be able to glance at with Always On. I completely agree with all of that. I think the widgets, like being able to look at the time or weather. The, I mean, weather, thanks, time, weather, whatever, uh, without 
it, like that is similar to a watch where you may just want to glance down. Yeah. And I agree these, if, you know, let's say I want to watch, have the score of the game up. I can just have it up. I don't have to tap on my phone or flip it over. So there are uses. I think I, it, certainly it doesn't hurt anything to have this feature, but it's, it's not a selling less point. exciting to me than I think Apple wanted it to be. Yeah. Is the way I would frame it. So the final feature that's like a really big selling point for probably a lot of you is that we have a lot of camera upgrades with the pro yes. line. We are getting a 48 megapixel camera, which is a jump from 12 to 48. So that's like a massive yeah. change in terms of pixels. Um, although there is like debate about whether or not we really need the, that. Like well, there are a lot of really nice DSLR cameras that aren't even 48 megapixels, but they're still like amazing cameras. There was also like an asterisk, which I didn't fully understand. Mm. Um, we might need to have Colin join our podcast at some point to describe it a little bit better, but it was still 12 megapixels, but there were pixels within pixels. <laughs> yeah. It was like called like the quad pixel camera or it something, which sounds like they're trying to count one pixel is for <laughs> yeah and maybe it's legitimate i think their point is we won't take up more space on your phone but we will capture more information which i think is a good middle ground so i think it is still a compelling feature yeah. but it's not quite as straightforward as just saying 48 megapixel and it's one of those things we're going to need some hands-on with the devices yes. before we can really say more because apple did a great job showing us a ton of photos with the new iphone 14 pro that looked amazing but like until we can actually you know, a lot of that is being good photographers and having a great set too. So like, yeah, we'll have exactly. to report back on that. But there are a few things that sounded cool to me. Um, for instance, now, like right now with the top iPhone 13 models, you have like three zoom options. Um, and now, and it skipped over just zooming in two times. Like yeah. you would be, you'd do 0.5 to be like pulled back one and then three times zoom in with a telephoto lens. And now you can be, you can go a two times in and that's going to be like a 12 megapixel resolution photo at that level. Cause it is a digital zoom at that point, but that is still 12 megapixels is still a good photo. That's like what we're using right now. No. I, I, and to me, that's a really good perk because one of my complaints of the pro 13 pro was that three X was too much of a zoom. It yeah. was like, there's so many times I'd be one X I'd be too far away and I'd be three X and be like way too close. And two X was, I think a better middle ground. And so now you, have all three options now it is like you're saying a still a digital zoom which is not quite as good but i think it'll be good enough for most people most of the time yeah now that we have the 48 megapixels yeah um and that's something that like in our camera course we went over that it's actually like you while you can use the digital zoom wheel it's better to use the presets that apple gives for the zoom at the bottom so it's nice to have like those are better in terms of you're going to get it uh, be using the right lens for that zoom and get the best resolution possible so I'm glad there are more options for those presets now. Yeah. Um, and then like there's some specs in terms of like the light capture that these new cameras will allow <coughs> like three times more light capture with the 48 megapixel quad pixel camera, <laughs> uh, two times more light capture with the telephoto. Um, so, you know, in terms of taking low light photos and in general, just the low light, photos the ability to take in more light generally is a really good indicator for taking good photos. So, I mean, all that, made me want the 14 pro and of um, course like we said before you get the uh new chip yes yeah, so the a16 chip that yeah. you know so that's you have to get a pro model to get that yeah which is compelling yeah which i don't have the specs in front of me for that but faster better yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, and there's a new true depth camera that's supposed to be better, an upgraded one. Um, I mean, that's like pretty much it. It's like the dynamic island, better battery life, 48 megapixel camera, and the always on display. Yeah. Those are the things that are going to make you want to upgrade to the pro. And to me, like if, if you have a recent, we're going to get into an episode upcoming where we'll break down like which phone is for who, which one should you buy? But like just kind of lightly touching on that this episode, I think if you have a recent model iPhone, it's hard to want to upgrade at all. But if you are going to upgrade, I would say you'd want to go for a pro model to get some of these like differentiating features. Whereas if you just get the base one, you're getting an old processor, older processor and emergency SOS, which is like not an everyday feature, (laughs) you know? (laughs) So I think we're ready to move on to the Apple watch series eight. Yes. Um, so the Apple watch actually took up a lot of the Apple event today because there's three different models that Apple came out with as rumored. So not a big surprise there, but there's a lot to get into here. And, you know, I think significant features here more so than with the iPhone. Maybe. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, no, I think the new rugged watch is like a pretty compelling, it's like, it's a new type of product, which we don't get that often. Yeah. So we got the Apple watch series eight. The Apple Watch SE, a newer upgraded version, and then we got the Apple Watch Ultra. So it wasn't called the Pro like we were thinking it would be called, but it is what we thought it would be, which is like a big, huge outdoor (laughs) sports watch. Donna's friend, the entire announcement being like, God, that it's so bulky. It's so huge. (laughs) We were making a joke that every shot they showed of it looked bigger and bigger and bigger as it went. We're like, whoa, this thing is like taking over someone's whole arm. But it actually, the design of it looked pretty cool for being so big and competing rugged watches are just as big if not bulkier looking so let's start out with the apple watch series 8 just to give like what are some of the you know base features that we got with this upgrade so the apple watch series 8 design wise did not look much different it looked pretty much the same as before even though i think you know flatter and a little bigger seems to be the trend with the displays (laughs) um but the biggest thing i thought was that they have now introduced a new sensor for body temperature readings which allows for ovulation tracking Mm -hmm. which is a pretty big breakthrough in terms of like usually that's a separate device you'd have to buy that costs hundreds of dollars like over 500 dollars for something like that that would precisely be able to guess when you know when your ovulation was i think they're saying it's a retrospective so it tells you after the fact so it's not going to predict it or you know claim to predict it super accurately in that way but it's something that um can definitely be a, a family planning tool that is pretty powerful for people to be able to track their ovulation um so that's something that and they were saying like it even can help with detecting certain conditions like pcos um, and other things that might be going on with you. So the, the Apple Watch just kind of keeps on building on its health monitoring capabilities. And it's like becoming really powerful in terms of like being able to help people in their medical conditions and, and in their lives. Yeah. And I like that they take things that like now they can make it passive on the Apple Watch. Yeah. Whereas before it requires special technology and a special like tool and you'd have to go out of your way to measure it. Something like an EKG, for example, which was obviously in the past you would have to have it with you when you're having heart problems. You right. Know? And similar to this, where you have to not only have a thermometer with you, you have to have it when you need to use it, do it. So these passive tools and baked into something that's already on your wrist is very compelling. Yeah. Like you don't have to do anything. It just tells you, um, yeah, like I said, there are devices that could do this in the past, but you have to take a temperature reading um, 
or you just do it like pen and paper and temperature reading yeah. and like track it over time. So there's like a lot of overhead. A lot of people aren't going to do that unless they're like really serious about trying to get pregnant or something. And one of the knocks for Apple, especially for Apple Watch, is that they a lack of focus on women's health. Like they yeah. didn't even have period tracking until like a couple of years ago. I so know. it is nice that they're playing catch up. Yeah, at the time that felt like pretty disgraceful that they didn't yeah. have that when they had like they were tracking like a billion other health metrics and not this like obvious one that affects half the population. Yeah, exactly. Um, but this, yeah, I thought that was pretty amazing. Um, it's available in the Apple Watch Series Eight. It wasn't available in the Apple Watch SE. No, but that's um the Apple Watch SE is the budget Apple Watch that they have an upgrade for. It has a thirty percent bigger display than the series three for some reason they that's like yeah, what they compared it, it to weird, i think probably like, so they were still selling then? the series three up until this year it's basically a new budget version it has limited functionality but is cheaper and does most of the things you want it to do yeah but it didn't have not only the body temperature readings but it didn't have the ecg yeah ekg it EK, ekg it didn't have um there are like a couple of the more recent setter settings, like the blood oxygen too. And it makes sense. Like all of those things are, you know, expensive technology. And they're all nice to have, but like most yeah. of the time you just want to use your Apple watch to be a watch and activity tracker. And it still does that, which yeah. is good. So the real one that we want to spend a little more time talking about is the Apple watch ultra. Yes. So this is clearly like where Apple poured a lot of their attention into it's $799. So it is a very premium watch. Um, and it's made of titanium. It had uh, sort of like a, how would you describe the way that it looked? I would say it looks a lot more rugged. Yeah. It's bigger, bulkier, flats. It has a bigger screen, kind of a flat screen, but they also have like better protections on the bezel. So it, it's yeah. like designed to be used m much more actively. So that's what I liked about the design is we've been hearing about this like flat edge design for a long time. And like the, the iPad air has that, the iPhones have that now where like this, the sides of the display don't, um, curve. And I do think that looks really sleek. And so yeah. it has that, it kind of like pops out a flat, flat edge display. Um, it has like a lot, like the display quality looked amazing too. Yeah. Um, the brightness <clears throat> is like, I think it was, they said 2000 nits. I don't know how much that compares to last time, but it was like, <laughs> Uh, pretty amazing display um and then yeah it looked like super super rugged um they have a night mode on it so at nighttime it's the display turns to red because i guess that's better for your night vision um so that was kind of cool and all of them they, are cellular models because yeah. they're you know you're expecting to be used this like climbing mount everest or whatever they <laughs> added a lot of functionality <laughs> as well for adventures and for outdoor use first of all they add an extra button did you mention the extra button the action button which i didn't fully i'm not gonna lie fully understand yeah. what it did um it was just uh okay the action button gives you a quick physical control over a variety of functions i guess that's why i had our time understanding <laughs> it depends what you're using your apple watch for but an extra button for quick access to these features they had some cool functionality for diving you could use it as a full-on diving computer if you scuba dive um a lot of functionality for like climbing yeah yeah so there's a the wayfinder watch face too that was like the name of their watch face that's like has all of these metrics like including it was pretty cool for gps like that as it'll like in real time be shifting to show you the direction that you're going exactly um which i could use at all times <laughs> yeah that's fair 
Um, then also, well, yeah, the body new temperature watch band too. They had new watch bands, which were um, designed to be, you know, comfortable, but more secure. Yeah. And then a big one for people who are doing like marathons or triathlons or Ironman or whatever is like segmenting workouts. Yeah. And they were talking about the action button. That was one of the uses for it is if you're doing like different phases of a long workout that you can use the action button to like switch into the next segment of your you know, fitness thing that you're doing. Um, and like, you know, one of my friends just the other weekend did gravel worlds, which is like a day long bike race. And, um, you know, they had things set up that you like for, if you fell down that you would have an emergency contact that would get notified and like all these kinds of safety features. And then also tracking, um, like when you're training for a race that long, she's been using, Strava or something like that. Like, but I I was thinking like having an Apple watch ultra for that type of thing would be amazing. I think uh, for both of the safety factor and then also just for like training and getting ready for it. I think one of the problems we're having in describing it is that neither one of us are necessarily outdoorsy and like, we don't have a hobby that would force us to buy this. And so we're kind of like, if you're climbing Everest, uh, (laughs) but I think they did, they clearly put a lot of thought into those types of activities and what uses they would want uh-huh. or people like that i think it'd be great also you know i was sort of doing an informal survey of our office does anybody want one noah who's our coo who's very active in like just everyday soccer, life coach. soccer doesn't do like adventure activities per se well boy scouts boy scouts but he was sort of like it's he liked the fact that it was the bigger screen was nice for him he wanted a bigger yeah. screen he liked the fact that it was more rugged because he felt like he had more protection. And so like, I think there's a certain class of person who will buy this, even if they're not climbing Everest, who just likes it. Now the higher price point, would he be willing to pay it? I don't know. But again, I think he has the cellular. So if you're somebody who wants a cellular model anyway, it's not that much more. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's I'm, a lot. I'm, <laughs> I am strong. I mean, I, I'm, I'm trying to find the benefit in it because I think there will be people who use it, but it feels to be honest, like a niche product to me. It feels like I would be shocked if it was like a bestseller for Apple. I just got a text from my dad being like, I want the Apple watch. Really? There you go. See, that's Uh, amazing. I mean, he also is not doing like extreme sports, but he's an outdoorsy (laughs) person, loves doing stuff like that. And is an Apple enthusiast. So you put those things together and it is like the perfect product. Oh, another cool thing about it is that it was like die. um, You could, where it's scuba diving. Yeah. Yeah. Like it usually, um, even Apple's waterproof products, you can't go very deep in the water with, and this, you could like go way, way deep. Um, I don't remember the exact specs on that. You know, we'll was, link in our show to, notes to all up, of our articles that will like break all this down for you. If you really want to know the details, it was up to 40 meters, which most dives are 40 meters or less. You have to be pretty advanced to go beyond that. And when you dive, you need a full computer with you. Like your dive instructor has a computer that tells you, how deep you are and things like that. And so this could replace that, which was cool. Yeah, that is cool for people who dive. <laughs> well, yeah, but yeah. again, it's like I do dive, but like a couple times a year, I'm not going to buy a watch for it. So this is, again, for people who are really active in very specific ways or just appreciate having a rugged watch. Oh, I almost missed like one of the biggest selling factors. It has a 36-hour battery life. Oh, yeah. Thank you. And it has, um, if you use like a battery optimization, optimization mode which i guess is coming out later this fall you can stretch that to 60 hours and so that's like the first time since the apple watch has come out that you get a better battery life yeah that's true it's been like just an all-day battery barely so a day and a half is really nice yeah and yeah 
So, so I think that's pretty sweet. Um, for the right outdoorsy person, I think, it, and who has the $800 to spare, <laughs> I think it'll be a great purchase. Um, the series eight, of course, I think is like more for the general population. Um, and then we've got finally the AirPods pro, which was yes. AirPods pro two, yes. which, um, had a lot of compelling features too. So let's get into that. Okay. So the AirPods pro two, at first I was kind of like, what could they possibly add to it? The AirPods pro are already great and they have everything <laughs> you could want, but they did come out with features that made me really interested. Um, they have the, uh, up to double the noise cancellation that you get with the original. So like yeah. while we did get noise cancellation, which is a feature a lot of people want in the first one, it's going to be a lot better. And then they had what they called adaptive transparency. So it showed in the demo, someone walking by someone drilling a high, high pitch drilling and, uh, your AirPods would like sense the frequencies and adapt, like tune that out for you specifically. And so it's pretty amazing now that they're able to like, you don't have to do anything. Cause like one thing I, I don't want high maintenance earbuds that I'm having to go into like an app and tweak it. Like every time totally. I get into a different setting, so if it's just going to do it for you though, and do like make the right choice for the situation you're in, that sounds amazing. Well, and I thought this was a nice feature too, because I have some noise canceling headphones and most noise canceling headphones now have like ambient noise setting. Yeah. So you can turn it on and hear things around you. But the, the way it works somehow, it always, all the noises sound like too loud and yet still sort of like not quite balanced. And so mm -hmm. this felt like hopefully a solution to that where you can actually have ambient noise. You can still like hear cars coming and things that are important to you, but not have the really loud noise noises coming in your head, especially the example that uses like a jackhammer. Like you don't need that really loud if you have headphones in. So I thought that was a nice middle ground. I think that, um, yeah, I agree with that. Uh, are you planning on getting these? I don't actually like noise cancellation with earbuds. I love noise cancellation for over ear. Like if I'm on an airplane, I want a big, cushy over ear headphone with noise cancellation. If I have earbuds, tune out the world. yeah, if I have earbuds, I actually want ambient noise. It's kind of disorienting. And not only like this feature, but I just want to be able to throw it in my ear. Like I don't even like the natural seal of being able to like block out. I just like, cause I'll use them on runs or at the gym and I want somebody to walk up behind me and be like, Hey, are you using that? And be able to hear it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I know it makes me feel, yeah, it's like a safety concern. If you're outdoors, like walking along a road or running along the road. Um, and a lot of times it just still, it just makes you feel like out of touch, which is not great. But I do think having the passive, like what, what is the feature that lets some of that in? Um, Ugh, I keep forgetting. I know that the AirPods it. Pro has that option too. Dynamic um, ambient noise or something. I don't know. Yeah. But one thing I liked about the description is they said they also now come with an extra small ear tip. Yeah. I was thinking um, of you. <laughs> yeah. Because like I recently got the, the base, the AirPods 2, not the AirPods Pro. And they, of course, just come with their like one design, no adjustable ear um tips and it was too big and just popped out kept on popping out of my ears after yeah. like a minute and so i am considering these but i have the same concerns as david i would rather just have all the new features but in the og airpods design but that yeah. doesn't look like that's going to happen for me and i'm wondering though with like a smaller ear tip if i might not feel so sealed off to the world and then it, with this you know some of these features that do filter in background noises so are you considering it i'm considering it okay. yeah there were and a they're couple... 249 okay um, 
that feels like reasonable to me for like really high-end earbuds i mean you and i both love airpods like they just are that apple magic where they just work i know in a way that earpods don't it. normally feel and there were a couple other features i want to talk about Number one was that you can use it now on a normal Qi wireless charging pad, as well as with a MagSafe charger. And an Apple Watch charger. And an Apple Watch charger. Thanks. Yeah. So but that pretty, was really that's like so cool. versatile. Exactly. Because so many times, like I have a little um, dock, which has three spots. It has a spot for my phone, a MagSafe spot for my phone, a MagSafe spot for my Apple Watch. And then a little area, it has to have a wide base, so I have an area for my AirPods. So having that charge on the um, on the Apple Watch puck is really cool. It just means so many less things you need to carry with you. And since they're saying MagSafe, it works with MagSafe too, does that mean you could charge it on any of them? I actually don't know. I said that, I think that by MagSafe, they unclear. meant the Apple Watch MagSafe. Oh, okay. I think so. Yes. The other feature, though, that's really cool that I'm I have the AirPods too and I'm jealous of is they added a speaker to the um, headphone case so that when you're looking for it, you can actually have it beep and find it because I'm always losing mine. And so the feature that I have on my AirPods 2 case, which they've now added here that I like, is that I can use my Find My app to find it. And I told this story, I can't remember uh, which episode, but I told the story recently of I lost my AirPods. It fell through a layer of my couch to like the inner lining of my couch. And I just would have never in a million years found it if it was not for Find My. And so it was, it totally saved me the 200 bucks for the AirPods. Like they just would have been gone forever. So that's a really cool functionality, but still, even with the Find My, I still sometimes can't find it very well. So the beeping case I think is a really awesome feature. I know these things sound like not a big deal, but they're so practical. Yeah, that one I haven't had a chance to try hands-on, but it sounds oh, I'm great. Obsessed. Yeah. Um, the other thing, too, is that it has a better battery life. You get six hours of battery and 30 hours total with a case, yeah. which is awesome. Because I think it, a lot of times wireless buds like float around four hours, Yeah. So three to four hours. And so it's pretty good. People are also excited you can control the volume with the actual AirPod tip. Yeah. They had like, you could do like uh, kind of swipe up and swipe down motions on the tip. Um, and the the... AirPods tips too were smaller. Like it wasn't quite at, like the design was better. Yeah, I agree. Um, kind of, cause like in general though, what do they call those? The, they call it the tip or it's the oh, stock or something. I, I don't know. Yeah. But basically like the AirPods design has gotten ripped on a lot, even though yeah. we all love AirPods. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's all everything. That's um, I did want to <laughs> just stop though, before we close out this episode want to ask all of you of this what are you most excited about from the apple event today email us at podcast at iphonelife.com that could just be what you think was cool a feature you think is cool or like what you're planning on buying let us know and also um, if you don't mind tell us why we get a lot of emails yeah. that are just one word and we'll always love hearing from you but if you tell us why we're more likely to read it out my favorite response from our latest question, which is, what are you hoping Apple will announce, was from Gillian saying, I wish you'd bring back the flip phone. I've waited <laughs> and waited. Please, please contact me when you decide to realize a flip phone 
is what is needed. Pretty please. Wow. Okay. There you go. <laughs> and I was like, not only is that a funny request, but also they think we're Apple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that wraps up our episode. Thank you so. so much for tuning in and all the insiders watching today's episode, make sure that you join tomorrow's class yes. uh, to prepare for iOS 16, which drops September 12th for all of you non-insiders yet who are listening make sure to go to iphonelife.com slash podcast discount and uh, check out, you know, you'll find a description there of the new course. And we hope you join us and become an insider for 30% off. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everyone.